What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Today we continue our series on the miracles of Jesus, looking at how we can help people the way that Jesus did. In our first week, we looked at a blind man who was healed by Jesus, and last week we looked at demon possession. That was a fun one, right? Uh, And even as we heard about the thousands of pigs plunging into the sea, we realized that Jesus sees us as having infinite worth. Even when we don't see it in ourselves, God does. God is doing miracles all around us for us. Today we shift to a different kind of miracle. Instead of a miracle in a person of mind or body, now we are looking at miracles in nature. Paul is going to read for us. This is where we see Jesus changing the environment around him. You might think of Jesus calming the storm or walking on water, but this miracle is about food. Jesus has just made the comparison between Moses and himself. Moses was the greatest Hebrew prophet Israel had ever seen. For Jesus to say, if you believed Moses, you should believe me, might sound a little presumptuous, uh, but we know the rest of the story, right? The people keep following Jesus and want to see him do more miracles, but instead they get something quite unexpected. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. Feeding the 5,000. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. And then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed those to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, And from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is come into the world. 
when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And from Exodus 16, 14, and 15, when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, make us an inclusive community passionately following Jesus Christ. Open us to your miracle for our lives today. It may not be the one we want or the one we expect, but give us the miracle we need today. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I have a dog named Pearl, uh, that's P-U-R-L, which is a knitting term. Uh, you knit, then pearl. Uh, but my wife, Emily, often jokes that of those two words, knit would have been the better name for our dog, as in knit wit. Uh, pearl gets into everything. She is a very happy and curious dog, which we love, but she's always causing trouble. Uh, just this morning, today, she ate a tree from our Christmas village decorations. Uh, and a few weeks ago, she had somehow managed to pull open the cabinet that hides the trash can. It looked like she was biting and pulling at the little bit of the trash bag that was sticking out just barely, and she pulled and tugged on it until she managed to get the whole thing open. Then she uh, decided to strewn the contents of the trash across our kitchen, dining room, and living room. It was an absolute mess. Uh, we have since purchased a new latch for the cabinet that Pearl can open. Uh, work smarter, not harder, right? And we were feeling pretty good about ourselves until for the first time ever our dog decided to go into the bathroom and pull everything out of the trash can in there. You fix one thing and she finds a new way to be a nitwit. <laughs> there are plenty of things that just seem to happen to us, things outside of our control. Besides pets, I think of relationships and finances, but especially of children. Uh, there's the classic example of children who have a, a bowl of candy in front of them and they are told to wait patiently while the adult is away. And what do the kids do? Some sit and wait, but most just can't seem to resist the temptation, and they grab handfuls of the candy and devour it as quickly as they can. There just seems to be some things beyond our control. Many years ago, there was a huge study done, by, uh, uh, done of children to see if you could predict how children would turn out later in life based on certain factors they experienced earlier in life. It was called the block study, and they studied children when they were little, then as teenagers, and again in their 20s and 30s. The study led to 100 books and scientific papers, all culminating in answering the question of whether you could foresee who a child would grow up to be. You might wonder, how important is it to be a perfect mother or father? And guess what they found? 
not that important. All you need to do is to be a good enough mother or father. Be your own self, be independent, and your child will do just fine. It was the extremes of striving to be perfect or neglecting children that was the real problem. Beyond that, even as children dealt with very real problems, bullies, drugs, finding work, and gaining independence, all of it would work itself out as long as you had a parent that was good enough. And I hope that gives you parents out there a little hope. The burden is not all on you. You don't have to be perfect to get a good result. And that seems to be a parallel to what is happening with Jesus. He's been doing miracle after miracle. He is teaching about how God brings life to those that feel dead inside. Uh, But then perhaps the biggest challenge of all comes to Jesus and the disciples. John the Baptist, who was the very first person to bless and launch Jesus' ministry, has died. And it wasn't a natural death either. John was perceived as a, a threat to the king, so he was put in jail, and after a year or two in prison, uh, he is executed. This happens immediately before the feeding of the 5,000, and Jesus is trying to get away from the crowds. The Bible has the same story in Luke 9, and it says, Jesus took the disciples with him and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him. Can you see what's happening here? Jesus is doing these incredible miracles. He is healing people, casting out demons. He's even raising people from the dead. It is physically and mentally exhausting. Add to this all the teaching Jesus is doing. Jesus wants people to learn and grow and thrive in life, and they needed more than just a random miracle to live life well. So he's doing all this, balancing miracles and teaching and traveling, and we might think, well, it's Jesus. It's easy for him because he's God in human form. But that's not the picture we have in the Bible at all. Over and over, Jesus takes a break. He goes away to be alone by himself. He withdraws to the mountains to rest and pray with the disciples. Jesus isn't just God. He is also a man with real human needs for food and rest and recovery. So just as they find out John the Baptist is dead, which would have really hit Jesus and the disciples hard, Jesus decides to take them away to a quiet little village where they can rest. It's actually likely to be the hometown of three of the disciples. So this might be like the person who goes through a divorce or they get fired from their job and they are reevaluating life. What do you do? Where do you go? You head back to your hometown where things are familiar and safe. It helps you feel like you have control once again, like you are safe again. Yet in that moment... Things go from bad to worse. The crowds have caught on to where Jesus is heading. They follow him. Some even rush ahead to where they are going. So in the end, there is no rest. There is no getting away from it all to regain perspective and balance. Instead, the people demand even more from Jesus. And Jesus, to his credit, gladly accepts them. Another place says he had compassion for them because they were like sheep 
They were so desperate for someone to do something to help them, to care about them. So instead of leaving, he talks with them. He teaches them and heals even more people late into the evening until finally the disciples come to him and tell Jesus, you have to send them away. We are in the middle of nowhere and they have no food and nowhere to sleep. The pressure has grown even more. Not only did the disciples not get the rest they needed, now it is late and they have no food or place to go. Now they have a crowd of 5,000 men, so it was probably about 20,000 people there. That would have been as, as many as some of the largest amphitheaters in the whole country could hold. This is an army, and it's Jesus' fault that they are stuck there without anything. Jesus caused this problem because of his compassion, his bleeding heart for the people. And then we have Jesus' question to Philip, which I love. Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? It could, it could be uh, because this is near Philip's hometown that Jesus is just saying, where do people get bread around here? But Philip sees the much bigger problem. There are thousands of people, and he says to Jesus, if we had six months' wages, we still wouldn't have enough money to buy food for everyone. Jesus asks a where question, and Philip gives a how response. He's coming from a deficit mindset. Lord, we don't have enough. Maybe he's thinking about how exhausted the disciples are or John the Baptist's death or how it's Jesus' fault by welcoming the people that they are stuck in this position in the first place. All along, though, Jesus knows what is about to happen. He is testing Philip's resolve in a difficult situation. Jesus knows there is no human answer to this problem. There's no store with enough bread or enough money in their pockets. It's just Jesus and the people. The Lord knows how to handle this problem, and it's not by ignoring their needs. It's to use what you have to the glory of God. He has the people sit the grass is comfortable enough. Then he finds out what is available among them, which is five loaves of bread and two fish. He blesses the food and has the disciples distributed, and somehow it is enough for everyone. In fact, it's more than enough, with substantially more left over than what they started with. Somehow everyone has eaten their fill, and there is still more. Now, there's a scholar who says what really happened here is that in this one boy offering up his bread and fish to the masses, everyone else feels such shame and guilt that they all pull out their meals as well. He says this isn't a miracle. This is just people doing what they should have done in the first place. But I beg you, why in the world would this be remarkable if that's what happened? This is one of only two stories that are in all four Gospels. The disciples thought this moment, this miracle, is incredibly pivotal in the life of Jesus. People have to know what happened here. They have to know how people who had nothing, who were desperate for a miracle, saw a change of nature through Jesus' power. They found out that Jesus will provide. They experienced a meal that would rewrite the history books. 
In Judaism, Passover was the most important meal of the year. It was a celebration of how the people of Israel were able to escape slavery in Egypt. The whole nation would gather in family homes and tell the story of how those marked by the blood of the Lamb were spared as the angel of death passed over them. As they ate food together, they were reminded of the details of this event. Today we call it a Seder meal. Jesus, though, is offering a new Seder meal, a new Passover. This time it is his blood that will mark you to be spared. This time it is his bread, seemingly out of nowhere, that will sustain you. If today you are saying, I don't have money, I don't have a penny to my name, and I am all out of options, know that Jesus is reminding us that he will provide. He is present with you. He will make a way where there isn't a way. We've been hearing a verse of scripture for the last several weeks leading up to Tithe Sunday. The verse is Malachi 3.10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. The prophet is saying essentially when you tithe your 10%, The floodgates of heaven are opened up. That's what windows in heaven means, floodgates. Water will come pouring out to nurture and sustain your crops. You will find life where otherwise you might find barrenness and dryness. I know I found this to be true in my own life. After my college days, living on a minimum wage, I got full-time work and started a budget. I committed 10% of everything I earned to go to God. I've had times where I struggled financially, sure, but the benefit has always been knowing the blessing of God. I feel like I can always turn to God and turn to the church in a time of need. I think the same is true for you. When things are difficult, Jesus will provide. There is no doubt in my mind. It doesn't mean money shows up magically, but it does mean the floodgates are open. You will experience the blessing of God when your life is open to Jesus. I wonder, can you put your trust in Jesus like that today? Can you trust that the bread you need, whether it's physical bread to keep your body alive or spiritual bread to keep your spirit alive, will it be there when you need it? Do you trust Jesus for it? Maybe you're like the Israelites in Exodus 16, looking at the flaky stuff saying, what is it? What, what is that? Maybe it's hard to even see how God is giving you the nourishment that you need. I had someone tell me this week, Brian, I'm struggling to come to church. It can be hard with all the directions the world pulls you in. The world is always going to demand more and more and more of you. In the church, though, we say, give God what God asks you to give and know that it is enough. Watch how God provides when you simply commit to give as God asks you to give. I love how at the end of this feeding of the 5,000 passage, the people are so excited by the bread, they want to force Jesus into being made king. 
They slip right into what people want, not what God wants. The one thing I can offer here is that God wants the fullness of life for you. If the things you are doing aren't bringing you life, then get quiet with God and ask what he wants to to give you in this new Passover meal. Are you tired? Has it been a long Christmas fair season for you? Have you given all you think that you can give? Know that God will sustain you. Simply trust that your needs will be taken care of. Let's end with this. Uh, Michael heard from his neighbor about an organization he wanted to support. When he got home, he typed the name in online, found their donation page, and wrote in $150. When he went to type in his credit card number, though, there was a mistake. What he actually wrote was a donation for $15,041, 100 times the amount he meant to give. When he noticed the mistake, he canceled the transaction and called his credit card company so he could try again, this time for the right amount. The problem, though, was that the donation page still showed the original amount. Everyone in the world could see the supposed $15,000 donation. The charity centered in Bangladesh started sending him messages thanking him for the donation. They even made a video with different people thanking Michael by name for his donation. He felt awful. All these poor Bangladeshis thanking him for a donation he never made. What's he supposed to do when he doesn't have the resources he needs to make it right? Well, Michael increased his donation to $1,500. He could do that. And then he decided to own up to his mistake. He shared with people that what had happened and invited them to give to this organization too. People started posting on the donation page, we're all here to make up for Michael's mistake. In just a few weeks, the organization had collected $120,000 from these gifts eight times more than the mistaken amount Michael had had entered in the beginning. An accident leading to a lack of resources turning into a blessing of God from heaven. Isn't that a picture of how God can be at work in this world? We might see Jesus walking on water or feeding thousands with a few loaves of bread and think it's an impossible miracle showing God's power. But what God sees is his protection and provision. His abundance poured out into the world. So let Jesus provide for you today. Let a new Passover begin in your life as you are sustained by the Lord. It's it's not always the meal you would choose for yourself. It's not always the perfect life you envision for yourself. Instead, it is what we need to be sustained today. It is our life yielded over to God so that his will might be done in this world. May you be blessed by the bread of the Lord today as your life is yielded to God. Amen. Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.